Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Is self-criticism robbing you of your life and your potential? Well, let's put an end to that today. The first thing we have to do to put an end to criticism is we have to understand the difference between guilt and shame. Most people get those completely confused and they think they're holding themselves accountable when they're actually not. And so guilt is healthy. We want guilt. Guilt shows us, you know, we've gone against ourselves. But the the main thing we have to recognize is guilt is an external process. In other words, it's an evaluation of a situation that we were perfectly imperfect in. And I'll get a little deeper on it. Shame is the sense that who we are, it's an internal process. Who we are is bad and defective. And that's at the root of all self-criticism, not guilt, but shame. And we're going to get into that in a second. So let me give you an example of the two. So you can see, wait a minute, am I using guilt or am I using shame? So let's say you arrived late to an appointment. Guilt would look something like this. You know, I don't like being late. That's not who I am. I like, I like to be a person who's on time. And so I think what I'm going to do from this point forward is whenever I have a meeting, I'm just going to leave 10 minutes early because I couldn't control that there was an accident on the highway. There was nothing I could do about that. But because this is important to who I am and my morals and values and how I want to you know, present myself to the world and uh, what I value, I'm just going to make that a habit from now on is that I'm going to leave 10 minutes early. So guilt is an assessment of a situation of perfect imperfection and we then put a plan in place to hold ourselves accountable. We, we recognize that we went against our morals and values, our needs and wants, our negotiables and non-negotiables, who we are as a person, our belief system. And we don't beat ourselves up for it. We just make an honest assessment. We take ownership of it and we put a plan in place. Guilt is healthy. You know, I cheated on my spouse. I, I've, that's not who I am. I'm going to put a plan in place to figure out why I did that. And so I don't do that again. Okay. That's guilt. Shame is what almost everybody does. Very few people ever use healthy guilt. Almost all of us, like it is rare. This is the chronic problem in society with every client I have is every client thinks they feel guilty when in fact they feel shame. Let's take that original idea of being late. Someone filled with shame would go, you're, God, I'm so stupid. What was I thinking? And now they think I'm lazy. They think I'm inconsiderate. God, I, I just, I made an ass of myself showing up late like that. Well, isn't that how almost all of us talk to ourselves? When we are perfectly imperfect, we belittle the hell out of ourselves. Our general self-critic, our self-talk is always self-criticizing. God, I'm stupid. You know, even silly things, you know, we trip and we go, oh, I'm so clumsy. 
Shame. Oh, what was I thinking? Shame. All those subtle little comments we all make, those are filled with shame. Shame is the sense that who we are internally is defective, bad, or wrong. Now, here's the next difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is natural within all of us. Shame gets placed into us. It is not a natural state for us. It robs us of our potential. It robs us of our soul. It robs us of our self-love. It robs us of relationship, career, potential, money, everything in life. Shame is a killer. And so what almost everybody is struggling with is that sense of shame. And it was placed into us. And it all comes from childhood. And here's the next piece. This is tough for people to accept. Over 80% of all people I ever run into say, oh, my childhood was perfect. Nope, parents were great. Nope, I was never shamed. Not at all. Well, that's absolutely impossible. That's the first thing. To get over self-criticism, you have to get into reality. It's not possible for our parents not to have shamed us, even if they were the most kind and loving parents ever. We're all human. We all make mistakes. No parent on this planet has spent their life studying how to be a parent and how not to shame their child. Like you need serious skills and tools to do this. Yet all of us just sort of have kids out of the blue with no parent, no teaching, no classes, no you know experience in any of it. And I use this example all the time. Tom Brady, the football player, might be one of the greatest athletes to ever walk the planet right? He's now, what, 42, 43 years old, still playing in the NFL and playing in the Super Bowl today. Um, And, you know, people would consider him the best quarterback ever. And again, one of the top athletes ever. Well, here's a person who has had experts since the age of six, teaching him how to eat, how to work out, how to throw football, how to prepare his mind, every aspect of his life as an athlete. He's had countless experts teaching him for getting close to 40 years. Yet every single day, he fumbles, throws an interception, an incompletion. In other words, he screws up nonstop. Yet we think our parents were perfect and they had absolutely no training. That's the first thing we have to get into. We really, but everyone, like this is the biggest difficulty with clients, is accepting that the source of all of our struggles in any area of our life come from childhood and come from our parenting and the perfect imperfections that our parents bestowed on us. Because they were taught, again, their parents didn't have it for centuries. We've never taught any of this stuff. So none of us are bad. Your parents weren't bad people. But there's this sense, no, I can't, I can't say that. I can't ever talk about that. And I can't admit that. And that's shame. Because see, here's why. In that moment as a child, when our parents said, no, don't do that. What are you thinking? That's wrong. Are you crazy? Whatever it was, all those little, or they, they rolled their eyes or that's just silly. All those innocuous little movements and comments, that's shame. And in that moment, because we're a child and our life depends on our parents' survival, I've talked about this many times, we're the only species on this planet that we must physically and emotionally attach to another human being or we will die. 
And so here we are, two, four, six, eight, ten years old. And our parents, in that moment, shame us, abandon us, belittle us, are, are, you know, we're invisible to them. <clears throat> they can't be attentive. We're neglected. All of us have suffered all of that. And in that moment, we have to minimize it, justify it, condone it, accept it, make it not a big deal because our survival depends on it. Because if I, as a six-year-old, go, well, this is wrong. I'm not going to live with this. Well, we can't. We're six years old. We can't feed ourselves, clothe ourselves, work, have a home. We can't do anything for ourselves. So in that moment, it's a survival choice. I have to make this okay. I have to now accept that this is the way I talk to myself. This is the way I believe about myself. There's no other option that we have. And in that moment, we lose our authentic self, our, the, the authentic self that would experience guilt. And we become what's called a maladaptive or false persona. There, you know, some people will call it the shadow personality, the ego, all these, there are all these different terms for it, but it's all the same. It's all a shame-based persona. That's not us. It's been dumped into us because our parents never healed their shame because no one taught them about it. They don't even know. And so we're all just passing this down. And so I'm going to give you a concrete example of what that looks like. Um, and whichever side of the political aisle you are, this doesn't matter. Um, but look at Donald Trump. Here's a man who was raised by a narcissistic sociopath and told nonstop that he was nothing. His brother was better than him. Um, he was insignificant. His, if you watch any documentaries on his childhood, he was horrifically shamed, horrifically. And so you wonder why he can't tell the truth or you show him specifically, you lied here, you did this, and he can't accept it. Well, all that shame was placed into him. The maladaptive persona that he had to adopt was, I have to be right. The only way I can survive is I have to be right. I have to succeed. I have to do all these things. I can never accept anything negative about myself, anything that might belittle me because he's never healed that original wounding. And that was his coping skill. He became uber successful, a, a caricature of himself. Now, I'm not here to disparage him. Look, if you separate out the person and the, and the performance by all statistical numbers, it's the best president we've ever had in at least a couple hundred years. No president has ever been able to achieve consistent um, growth or a level of improvement across all spectrums, race, age, anything. The country's never done better. But because of shame, he got voted out of office because who he is as a person People didn't like, they couldn't separate out his performance from his person. Okay. And so they're two different things. And so the people that attack him for all of his lies, and, I, and I'm not saying any of this is right. It's all there. Like he's struggling, but what we lack is empathy for why he's doing this. Where does this come from? That's the piece. Like, and, and this could go for Joe Biden, anyone on the political spectrum, whichever side you're on, both sides do it. And all it is is shame.
but we don't know that. And so we hate the person, but we don't separate it. Wait a minute. This is a, an adaptive response. It's actually something called the adapted wounded child. What most people don't recognize is all of us, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 60 years old, the most mature emotional adult is actually living at about a six to 10, six years old to 10 year old um, emotional mindset. It's called the adapted wounded child. And that's what you're seeing when Trump goes into that in business, you know, I mean, sure he's had bankruptcies, but let's just talk about the presidency, the business of the presidency, he killed it. But as a person, he pretty much acted like a four, six, eight-year-old on the playground, right? And think of all the people in your life that react that way. That's the adapted wounded child. Almost all of us are living as adults, as wounded children. And that's why we blow up and have all these experiences where we lose our cool because we've never matured out of that shame. We've never healed all of that shame. We're all stuck there. That's all of us because we've never taught emotional mastery. We've never gone back. We've never advocated as a society to go back and heal all of this stuff. And so, again, this isn't a, you know, I'm picking a side, right or left, Republican, Democrat. None of that matters. What matters is what you're seeing in any side of the political spectrum, both when people get dogmatic about their position what you're seeing is somebody stuck in the adapted wounded child. That's it. It's shame-based behavior. Okay. And so there, all that self-criticism gets projected out at trying to change you and make you believe in their process. Well, an adult would go, wow, that's an interesting perspective. I don't, I don't agree with it. My beliefs are different, but tell me more. I'm just curious that you see the world that way. You ever hear anyone talk that way politically? Anybody, think of yourself with your friends. You just go, oh, I'm not going to talk to them anymore. Well, that's a child response. You know, I'm not trying to shame all of us. Like if you're feeling by hearing this, if you're immediately feeling, oh my God, I'm a bad person. That means you're filled with shame because you're not a bad person. But that's the remnants of the shame that was placed into you because somebody who's worked through the shame would go, well, this isn't about me. Or even if I still do those things, I would have a healthy guilt and go, you know, that's true. I shame myself. Yeah. And I'm working on it. I'm getting better at it. I'm still trying to find all the areas in my life where I beat myself up, where that all of that was placed into me. It's not authentically who I am. But yeah, I shame myself. That's when an adult, an adult with emotional mastery would respond. They take ownership of an, an honest assessment. assessment. They don't hear it as a critique that they're less than. And that's how a lot of people will hear when I talk about stuff. They hear it as, oh my God, this says I'm bad. Well, if you feel bad, if you watch any of my videos, as you learn all this new, deeper information, if you feel a sense that you're bad, there's something wrong with you, that you're incapable, that, um, well, anything like that, that's shame. That means you have a lot of work ahead of you. Again, don't beat yourself up for that. Guilt, healthy guilt will go, well, that's true. I've never looked at any of this. I'm not like Tom Brady who's had experts. I've never had experts. Help me with this. Well, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. We all struggle with it. 
Why don't we just embrace it? At least start there. At least stop shaming ourselves. And living in, that's what killed Donald Trump. He's stuck in denial. And all of us are because we don't talk about this. We don't even know that this is what causes all of it. Most of us don't know. So, again, please don't make comments about politics. This isn't what this is about. It's about the real topic. The real topic in politics is everybody's stuck in shame in the adapted wounded child. And that's why the discourse is the way it is. It's, it's not even adults talking to each other. Okay. That's how severe the epidemic of shame is. So then the question becomes, how do we move out of it? How do we start dealing with the shame? Well, the first thing, like I said, is, is get into reality that our parents were perfectly imperfect, that you were shamed, that if you ever criticize yourself ever, if you ever have, that's proof that your parents were less than perfect, less than nurturing, less than available, that you did experience abandonment, neglect on, you know, depending on the person, various levels. But if there's any self-criticism, as I said, the difference between guilt and shame, shame is self-criticism. You're devaluing yourself and don't think you're good enough. If there's any of that, that's proof that there were many hurtful moments in your childhood. Okay, so that's the first step. Get into reality. Accept that. It doesn't mean we shun our parents. We hate them. That's not it. I'm going to walk you through the process. So here's what I'd suggest you do. Over the next week, keep a log. I call them in my book, Your Journey to Success. I call them our mantras. All right. We all have these mantras. Like for me, mine was, oh, what's the point? Like when my dad would shame me and I'd want to defend myself. Remember, I couldn't defend myself because I'll lose attachment. If I speak my authenticity, if I defend myself, he's bigger, stronger. My life depends on it. I have to acquiesce to the shame he's dumping into me. And so one of my mantras became, oh, what's the point? Doesn't matter anyway. And a year from now, I won't even remember it. Those were the ways I minimized, suppressed, repressed, accepted, and created that maladaptive persona that would allow, eventually that led me to picking a spouse who was physically and verbally abusive and treated me the same way. That's what happens to us. We will relive that pain against ourselves until we heal it. All right. So for the next week, log any critical thoughts you have. Any of those mantras that you say when you trip, when you just do something silly, how do you belittle yourself, shame yourself, and criticize yourself? So make that list. You're going to see there, depending on the person, three to ten, basically, core mantras that are completely debilitating. Now, you'll say, oh, it's not a big deal. I don't even feel it. It doesn't bug me when I say that. Well, that's because you're so numb to the trauma and the pain. Your um, thermostat for the shame, you're, you're so stuck in living in it that you don't even feel it anymore. That's how severe it is. You'd be like, this doesn't even matter. I don't feel anything when I say this. Well, that's heartbreaking. That's how you keep adding onto it. And you just, it's so severe. You don't even notice it anymore. You've detached emotionally from the pain. So that's the first piece. Recognize it. The second piece is then ask yourself, where in my body do I feel it? You'll feel it somewhere. And then from there, ask, when was my first memory of experiencing this feeling 
and experience or hearing this thought within me. It's always going to relate back to a moment in childhood every single time. Now, when you ask yourself that, your first memory might be a week ago. That's fine. Then ask yourself, okay, what's the next earliest? Just keep walking down the ladder. Eventually, you're going to find all of these moments in childhood where you felt neglected, abandoned, belittled, shamed, all of these things in those moments with your parents or brothers, sisters, teachers, coaches. Okay. Now, once you have that, then there are a couple different processes. The first you can use, and this is where I have all my clients start, is the first thing is to have empathy and give the shame back to the person. So like for me, I call them shame burps. I'll go on walks and I'm in a great mood. And all of a sudden, literally, because I'm now so in touch with my body and my emotional mastery, that I'll literally, I'll just flinch. Like I'll be walking along and trees are pretty. I'm like, oh, I get this. It's like a PTSD. It's a release because I've given myself permission to accept my parents' perfect imperfections. And, and I'm open. I want to heal. Remember healthy guilt. I want to see my imperfections. I want to move through all of this. And so all of a sudden I'll get a flashback memory of something I said to somebody that was inappropriate or not what I wanted to say. And instead of feeling healthy guilt, I'll feel tremendous shame and the thoughts and feelings will be, God, that was so stupid. What were you thinking? Oh, it hits me. And right then I always, I know the memories. I go back and I see my dad. I'm like, dad, I love you. I'm so sorry you were hurting. And I know you did the best you could, but I won't carry this for you anymore. And for me, I always grab my heart and I grab and I, you'll see, you ever see me on a walk and all of a sudden I'm doing this and this, like, I just, I don't even pay attention. I'm like in my own head and people are walking by and I'm doing shame work. You know, I'm like, ah, oh, dad, I love you, but this is yours. I give it back to him. I will not. And I'll say, dad, I can't carry this for you anymore. I know no one taught you, but it's not mine to carry. Do you see how there's no blame in that? Um, it's empathy and it's an honest assessment. No one taught my dad. He did the best he could, but I'm holding him accountable that he chose not to learn about it. He chose not to heal it within himself and he placed it in me. And that's love. That's how we address the, these perfect imperfections of our parent is we have to hold them accountable in love. You see, there wasn't anything unkind in, unkind in that. That's the first piece, is to give it back with empathy, kindness, and love. Now, here's the most difficult part of the process, but this is essential. Behind all of that, we also need to have rage. We also need to have grief. We never, if you're stuck criticizing yourself, what that means is you have never grieved the abandonment, the neglect, the shame, the imperfections, how it robbed you of your life. You never allow, in that moment, you suppressed, repressed, minimized, and denied how painful it was to be told such terrible things or have reactions so neglecting. You, you immediately shut that off and went to, and just minimized it and went, okay, well, this is what I have to do to survive. Well, that needs to be grieved. Well, that's tears. Allowing yourself to feel the weight. God, that was so sad, so wrong. I didn't deserve that. 
Like you allow yourself to feel the victimization and the sadness of it and experience it. Now, I'm not saying get stuck in the victimhood and blame them. There's no blame here. Again, we did the empathy piece, which acknowledges they did the best they could now, but now we're giving ourselves permission. That child who in that moment didn't, wasn't given permission and had to drop their authentic self. We're going back and giving that child within all of us permission. It's okay. It's okay for you to grieve this. Now that I used to schedule it. I used to come home every day and I'd take time to let that pain come up and I'd just cry. And I could last for about 30 minutes before I drop into like, I wanted to go helpless, hopeless, really victim-y. And so then I'd stop and I'd go, I'd paint or go for a walk. I'd do something that was self-nurturing and loving for me, but, but didn't freeze me into that victim state. Okay, so pay attention. You're going to notice a difference when you start to fall, when it gets to be too much. At that point, stop and get back into your life. Whatever your self-care list is, go love on yourself. Do something that's completely the opposite. Okay, but make time in your life to grieve it. The next step, and this is the most important, really, probably rage, complete rage. We should be angry. That wasn't okay. Damn it. Why'd you do that? I didn't deserve it. That was wrong. I'm really pissed and angry that you never dealt with this, that you never faced yourself and you dumped that in me and you said dealing with emotions was wrong and you belittled me because I was emotional and you wouldn't let me be me. And you're still not letting me be me. I refuse. I will not anymore. Do you see that? We all, that's the toughest piece for people. Anger is healthy. It's a boundary. Think of it. If someone came to attack us, we wouldn't just go, oh, okay. No. Hey, what are you doing? Stop. Don't do that to me. But see, we couldn't do that as a child when our parents dumped that shame into us. We had to stand there and take it. And you're stuck. When you're walking down the street, you're late for that appointment. You're still taking it. You're not a child. And that's why we're all stuck in the adapted wounded child. Because only a wounded child would shame themselves. Only a wounded child would stay stuck in it because they're powerless, just like when we were a kid. That's Donald Trump, that's Joe Biden, that's everybody, whichever side you're on. We have the right to push that back and say, no, no, this was wrong. Now, that doesn't mean we hate them, but we have to split from that. See, that shame creates what's called a trauma bond. We don't want to let this go because we accepted this personality to get connected to our parents. And that's why this piece is so hard because people feel like it's a severing. Don't make me get angry at them. That means I don't love them. Oh no, it's the exact opposite. It is loving to say no. Think of it. Would you let your spouse 
say and do some of the things you, is your, if you do this work and you start to see how you were shamed, would you let your spouse do it? Would you let your kids do it? Would you let your coworkers do it? Your boss do it? Hell no. You'd go, whoa, I'm going to HR. But the thought of bringing that to our parents, you know, and I'm not saying you have to go to your parents. Some parents, like I, there have been some great parents who are like, like I do that with my kids. When they bring up my imperfections, I'm like, let's talk. Do you need to be angry? What do you like? I want to hear it because they have a right. I screwed up a lot. Damn right. They have a big reason to be pissed off. Well, let's talk about it. Tell me I can absorb it. I was perfectly imperfect. I did the best I could with where I was at the time, but I made a boatload of mistakes. And the only way I get out of shame and get into guilt is if I own them, please. I tell my kids all the time, you have carte blanche. Anything that pops up in your memory of when I was imperfect and I hurt you, I want to know about it. I will sit and listen. And I'll be there and I'll love you through it in any way that works for you. Well, you may not have a parent like that. In fact, most parents will never own their side of the street because of shame. They don't want to hear about it. Well, that's okay. You can work this process without it. I was able to do that. And I watched my dad die peacefully without having to dump it into him. I let him be who he was. And it was the closest I ever felt to my father. My father could never connect to me. But because I was able to work that process, <clears throat> I could be around my father and accept him that that's the best he could do. And that's what's waiting for you. You all feel, we all feel a sense of disconnection because of that shame trauma bond. This is your way out of it. This is your way to get rid of the self-criticism. So if you want to stop criticizing yourself, the secret is to become an expert in healing the shame that was placed into you. <laughs>